the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. He is the creator of life itself. He is the reason that our hearts are beating in our chest with no batteries. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching the Word of God with truth from the Bible. For more information, go to corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla.org. Now here's Pastor Steve with today's Core Truth. Today we're going to be in Exodus chapter 5 and 6. And I entitled this message, Being Denied. So let's look at our first point. Who is the Lord? As we read together here in Exodus chapter 5, we'll pick up in verse 1. It says, And afterwards Moses and Aaron came and said to Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, Let my people go, that they may celebrate a feast to me in the wilderness. Now, let's just say here, you know, Moses is talking about going out in the wilderness for like three days, and God never talked about that. No, God said, no, we're leaving here. We ain't ever coming back, okay? It's like, so I don't know if he's just kind of compromising a little bit to try to make it not sound as bad to Pharaoh, you know? I don't know, but that was never God's plan. God's plan was, no, we're out of here. See ya, okay? Never coming back. Verse 2, but Pharaoh said, who is the Lord that I should obey his voice, you know, to let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, and besides, I will not let Israel go. Then they said, this is Moses and Aaron, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. Please let us go three days you know, journey into the wilderness that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Otherwise, he will fall upon us with pestilence or with the sword. It's like, again, God never said, hey, hey, I'm going for three days and like we're coming back. No, we ain't ever coming back. So I don't know why Moses threw that in there. Anyway, verse four. But the king of Egypt said to them, Moses and Aaron, why do you draw the people away from their work? Okay, because they're slaves and they're making bricks and all this stuff. Get back to your labors. Verse 5. Again, Pharaoh said, look, the people of the land are now many. And, you know, you would have them cease from their labors. So the same day, Pharaoh commanded the taskmasters over the people and their foremen saying, you are no longer to give the people straw to make brick as previously. Uh, Let them go and gather straw for themselves. But the quote of the bricks which they are, uh, were making previously, uh, you shall impose on them. You are not to reduce any of it because they are lazy. Therefore, they cry out, let us go and sacrifice to our God. So, you know, here's, you know, Pharaoh's just mocking Moses. He's mocking Aaron. He's mocking God's people. And most importantly, he's mocking God. Well, it all seems so easy though, didn't it, to Moses at first? Go tell Pharaoh, thus says the Lord, let my people go, and everything's going to be fine. But what Pharaoh said was, "Uh, excuse me, 
Who's the Lord? I'm not listening to him. I'm not letting my slaves go anywhere. What rhymes with yo and starts with in? Like not going to happen. Again, this arrogant world leader replies to Moses, who is the Lord that I would obey his voice? Pharaoh was probably thinking, doesn't he know who I am? I am the world governing leader of the world here. Yes, people feel entitled when they use that line. This arrogant world leader was having no part of loving God's people go. So with a resounding no, he responds to Moses. But again, he asks the question, who is the Lord? Well, he was going to find out firsthand. Trust me, oh, you're going to know exactly who he is and who the Lord was. First of all, the Lord is the creator of all things, seen and unseen. How about that? He's the great I am. He is the creator of life itself. He is the reason that our hearts are beating in our chest with no batteries right now. He's the one who causes the sun to rise up in the morning. He's the one that causes the sun to set at night. You know, really, Pharaoh was mocking Moses For he had allowed himself through his own pride and arrogance to blind himself of anything other than himself. Because, you know, these pharaohs, they thought that they were gods. And so they had people around, oh, you're a god. Oh, you're a god. And it's like they started believing what their own people around them would say to them. Like, you're not the god of this world here. You're just a man and you have blown it here. Yes, in total faith and boldness, Moses and Aaron tell Pharaoh that it was the God of the Hebrews that sent them. Then they tell Pharaoh that they were going to go three days journey to go worship the Lord again. They obviously were not planning on coming back, but they added to Pharaoh, if you don't let them go in verse three, our God will fall on this place with pestilence and a sword. That word pestilence in the Hebrew means a fatal disease or a plague sent to destroy. Yet Pharaoh dismisses any possible threat as he seems to turn a deaf ear to any possible threat. The thought of Pharaoh releasing Egypt's entire free workforce that's been serving them so they don't have to clean their own toilets, they don't have to clean their own floors, they don't have to clean their own streets. They're like... It seemed humorous to him. Like, no, we're not letting all this free labor go. Yet even though Pharaoh might have been ignorant to God's identity, and even though he was resistant to letting God's people go, there was no excuse to increase the Hebrews' workload with an impossible task of making the same amount of bricks while now having to supply all the raw materials themselves. The straw, which was helping the bricks to hold together and what have you. Again, Pharaoh is now taunting God. He's taunting Moses. He's taunting the people. But listen here, pal. When you pick on God's people, you're taunting God. I wonder if you have a supervisor or maybe some family member who likes to taunt you about your relationship with God. Maybe any time they get that opportunity, a little jab about you being the token Jesus freak or what have you. Maybe they're always teasing you, mocking you, minimizing your faith in Christ. Well, there's some verses here that you can just remind them. 
because I've had people mock me when I've gone up to share Christ with them before and everything, and they've laughed and whatever you in my face. But Proverbs fourteen twelve says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And they say like, well, I don't believe in that. You know, like, well, guess what? You're going to die and you're going to stand before God. There's a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. And the Bible says in Hebrews 9, 27, it's appointed for every man and every woman to die once, and after this comes judgment. Yeah, well, I don't believe that. Well, you don't have to believe it, but guess what? You're going to die one day, and you're going to stand before God. And ultimately, people know that. People know that inside. They know there's a judgment that's coming. It says in Psalm 14, 1, only the fool is said in his heart, there is no God. I've had people say, are you calling me a fool? I said, no, the God of the Bible is calling you a fool. Because you're senseless. That word fool comes from a Hebrew word means you're completely senseless. If you think that the planet Earth that's 25,000 miles in circumference that is traveling in an orbit around the sun that's 520 million miles long at 1,000 miles per second, if you think that that just happened, then you're a complete fool. If you don't think that there's a designer, a God that has created everything that we see and don't see. Amen. Amen. Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and our sons forever, that we may observe all the words of his law. God has commanded us to observe the words of his law. And we ultimately know that because God says in his word that he has written his word upon the fleshly tablets of our hearts. That's why people know. You don't have to read, thou shall not steal. You know it's wrong to steal. Why? Because God has wrote it on our fleshly tablets of our heart. Whether you're a believer or not, you instinctively know. That's why people feel guilt and shame on certain things because they're breaking God's law. They're breaking it. Isaiah 55, 11 says, so my word, God says, which goes forth from my mouth, it will not return to me empty without accomplishing what I desire and without succeeding in the matter for which I sent it. God's word is always gonna happen. You can say, I don't believe it, doesn't matter, but guess what? God will always make sure that his word goes out and doesn't come back void. Well, God's people are now being tormented for not keeping up with the production of their bricks. And God's people tried to reason with Pharaoh in verse 15. They go to him, excuse me, Pharaoh, why are you tormenting us here? And Pharaoh puts it right back on Moses' lap. He said in verse 17, it's because you're lazy. You want to go out and sacrifice to your God that Moses is talking about, as Moses requested. Yes, this was directed right at Moses. Pharaoh was saying, everything was just fine until Moses came along. This, of course, is how the devil still works today. We give our lives to Christ. We get confronted after we give our life to Christ with a bunch of trials or hardships. And, and we think, it's so hard being a Christian. I gave my life to Christ and everything's just been turned upside down. I, you know, I never had these problems before. Before I came to Christ, everything was perfect. My life was like a going to Disneyland every day. <laughs> See, we forget where we came from. We must never forget how the devil works in this area. His voice is sly. His voice is cunning. His voice is very deceitful. The Bible says in Revelation 12.10 that he's known as the accuser of the brethren who accuses us before God day and night. Satan goes up before the Lord day and night. Look at that pastor down there. Him and his little infected jaw. 
You know, it's like, you know, he skipped out of church last week. You know, it's like, you know, how could you love that guy? You know, see, he accuses us day and night. And now all the people who were cheering the coming of Moses, those who were worshiping, those who were so thankful to hear from Moses and Aaron that God had not forgotten them, now what are they ready to do? They're ready to chuck Moses off a cliff now. In verse 21, they said, You have made us odious in Pharaoh's sight. That word odious in the Hebrew language means that we have become offensive to him. Really, that word means we stink. Now, we, we stink before Pharaoh. Well, who cares who, what Pharaoh thinks about you? You guys are going to be all out of here anyway. But they said, hey, Moses, you're killing us. May God judge you to hell. Get out of here. Oh, the fickleness of man and women. Oh, just like when Jesus was riding into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, the people were crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, quoting, you know, Psalm 118. Oh, yes. And, you know, the leaders came to Jesus, hey, hush your disciples here. And he says, if I hush the people, the very rocks on the ground will cry out. Why? Because the creator of the universe is riding in on a donkey, just like it was prophesied in Zechariah. And it's just like, oh, my goodness. It's like, no, I'm not going to hush anyone. All the people crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna. But then what happened just one week later? They were all crying out, crucify him. And the same goes on today, where many still have the mob mentality and we've seen that in our world today how the mob mentality seems to rule as many will blame God for all the woes of their lives and also of the world and it's just like in you know follow the mob wherever it goes which brings up our second point why did I go why did I go Moses is like why did I go Let's read what happens here in Exodus chapter 5, verse 22. Then Moses returned to the Lord and he said, Oh, Lord, why have you brought harm to these people? Why did you ever send me? I told you not to send me. You didn't listen to me. Ever since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done harm to this people. And you, by the way, have not delivered your people at all. You haven't come through, God. It's really your fault. Moses says, see, God, I told you. I didn't want to come here anyway in the first place. And now look at the mess I've made. I've made it way worse than it was before. Look at what's happened to your people. They're worse off now. You said you would deliver them. And you haven't come through at all. And now it's just a giant mess. I wonder how many times we've reacted just like Moses. God, I worked so hard. I did what I thought you wanted me to do. I did my part. And you're not coming through on your end. What's up, Lord? I've been praying. And nothing's changed in my circumstances. In fact, if anything, it's gotten worse. Know this. If something isn't working or something isn't coming through on time, it's not because God dropped the ball. It's not because God's running late. 
It's not because God's just a, a little overbooked right now. I'm sorry, I haven't had time to get to you yet. Maybe the problem is we're praying all the wrong stuff. Maybe we're seeking the wrong stuff. Maybe we're praying our will to come to pass. Maybe we really want what we want. It's quite possible that our plan is not God's plan at all. Oh, I know it's hard to imagine. But if we're on the wrong path, we're on the wrong path. And that's just the way it is. Maybe we're seeking something that's just simply not for us. Remember, God has a perfect will. He has a perfect plan. And his plan is so much better than our plan. And it will happen in his time frame, never in our time frame. Yes, if we insist on doing things our way, we will always regret it later. We'll always regret it and we'll be sorry. That's why it's so important to really pick your battles and know where God wants us to be and being open to like, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. But getting back to Moses, his heart went into total recoil mode. You know, Pharaoh had denied him his plea for freedom. He's increased the workload now on God's people. And now they're ready to kill Moses. It's pretty safe to say Moses is feeling pretty dejected at this point and completely worthless. But again, God had already told Moses twice. God already told him twice that Pharaoh was not going to listen to him. So remember when God was calling him? You know, you go back to uh, Exodus chapter 3. And verse 19, it says, But I know, God speaking, that the king of Egypt will not permit you to go except under compulsion. Oh, and I have my ways. Oh, he's going to let them go. But he's going to say no at first. And he told Moses that. He told him again in Exodus chapter 4, verse 21. God told Moses that Pharaoh was not going to comply, that he wasn't going to bend. That's when Moses should have stepped up and told the people up front, like, look, I'm going to go in there and talk to Pharaoh, but he's going to say no. Because why? Because God told me he was going to say no. So just be ready for it, but God's going to break his back. But no, 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 he left all that out. He forgot all that. Yeah, Moses, you know, forgot that. Why? Because he's weak and feeble like we are. And that's, you know, so now he goes back to God. He's curled up in the fetal position, sucking his thumb scratching his head, you know, and he's just like, oh God, why did you ever send me? I told you I didn't want to go. Moses seemed to be broken here. He seems to be so broken. He's too broken to even be used. You're just an old goat. You're 80 years old. You're feeble. You forget everything God tells you. You make up stories to Pharaoh. Oh yeah, we're going to go out for three days and come back. Like, what are you talking about? It's like, no, no, God says you're, you're leaving. You ain't never coming back. And then when he says no, you, because God told me he's going to say no, no, you forget everything. He's so broken. He can't even be used. So the question comes up, could God use a man or a woman that is just so broken and so feeble? And the answer is a resounding yes. Because if God didn't use us broken people, there'd be no one to use because we're all broken. And so it's like if you've messed up before and you think God could never use me, well, guess what? You're wrong. God can use you. And God continued to use Moses and he didn't give up on him. 
God is going to do the work and he's going to do it in and through Moses, this broken individual that doesn't listen, who's weak and feeble. Just like, hmm, us. Just like us. And the same goes for you and me. So when we get blasted in the storms of life and nothing but negative seems to come out of it, let us, like Moses, never forget it's in those times of hardship and despair that we seem to listen to God with the most clarity. It's when we get roasted and we think, oh, I messed everything up. Then you go back and you mull over things. Oh, why did I do that? And well, why did I do that? Why didn't I listen to what God said? See, that's when we start listening more. That's when God can do his deepest work within our souls. Yes, it's in those times of regret. It's in those times of remorse that we can find our deepest refuge in our relationship with the living God who just happens to be our heavenly father that loves us. Yes, in reality, Moses was in deep trouble with God's people. Yet, what did Moses do in this time of dilemma and anguish? Moses was, yes, perplexed and confused. He's at the end of his rope and he cries out to God in total panic. I wonder if you've been in a place like that before. Maybe some of you in a place like that right now. God, why is this happening? Why am I where I'm at right now? Why is this going on? Like, why am I, am I in this pit that I can't seem to get out of? And it's like, I, why do I keep making the same mistakes? I've made this mistake before, and here I am again. It's like, maybe you're there right now. Which brings up our third and final point. You shall see. Because if we trust in the Lord... We will see. We will see him move. Let's read what God has to say, because he's not flustered. God is not all bent out of shape here. God's like, like what? <gasps> Moses, he, he said, no. <gasps> I don't know what to do. It's like, no, 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 no. No. Chapter 6, verse 1. Then the Lord God said to Moses, now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. For under compulsion, he shall let them go. Oh, he said he's not letting go. Oh, trust me. Oh, he, he'll be letting you go. He'll be kissing the ground, begging you to leave Egypt. And under compulsion, he will drive them out of this land. God spoke further to Moses and he said to him, I am the Lord, verse 3, and I appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob as God Almighty, but by my name, Lord, I did not make myself known to them. And I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan and the land in which they sojourned. And furthermore, I have heard the groanings of the sons of Israel because of the Egyptians are holding them in bondage. And I have remembered my covenant. Say, therefore, to the sons of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from their bondage. I will redeem you. I'll also redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great judgments, and I will take you for my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who brought you out from 
under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will bring you to the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. Wow. Ba-bam! Take that! It's like, get, stop sucking your thumb. You know, get out of the fetal position already. Get ready to move. You get back in there and you tell them what I said. God says, you shall see what I will do. Four times God says, I am the great I am. Then eight times he says, I will, pledging his faithfulness and his undeniable power to his people. God says to Moses, step back. You're going to see the mighty hand of God move. I wonder how many of us, we give up when we think the fight is over, when in all actuality, the real fight hadn't even started yet. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app. Core Truth is sponsored by and is a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you've been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA, all one word, to 77977. You can also give via our app and online at corechurchla.org. Or you can mail your support to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.